the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Three in One who came to this earth to be tempted and to be victorious where we were tempted and, well, we're not quite so victorious. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a great story, isn't it? This story that we have of the temptation of Christ. That He, after His baptism, is led out into the wilderness by not the devil, but the Spirit. The other person of the Trinity, not God the Father, but God the Holy Spirit, is driving the Son into the desert so that He might be there and fast for 40 days and 40 nights. And I love the way that the language goes in our reading. He was there for 40 days and 40 nights and was fasting and... Oh yeah, he was famished. (laughs) We couldn't figure that out ourselves. But he was famished. He was weakened. Imagine going four days without eating. Now multiply that times ten. Or imagine going ten days, maybe if you're a little bit more ascetic, and multiply that times four Some of you start to get a little riled up when church goes a little bit too long. Imagine how much that would have to be delayed, your lunch, if we were here for, well, the rest of Lent. And you had to wait till Easter to eat. That is how famished Jesus was. And there at this point in time is where... Jesus is then tempted by Satan. And he's tempted three times. It's an interesting thing that the devil uses these three temptations to tempt Jesus. And every time Jesus wins, and every time Jesus says, No, I am not going to give in to that temptation, and he quotes back Scripture to Satan... But we don't always do that. We don't always do that at all. In fact, well, with this first temptation, we're pretty sure that we're kind of off the hook. Because the first temptation is, turn these stones into bread, Mr. Hungry Guy. And that had to be, well... A little bit appealing to Jesus after 40 days of not eating. He was completely human. He felt the same hunger pangs that you would have felt yourself. But we think that we're kind of let off the hook because we're like, well, I can't turn stones into bread. That's not going to happen for me. It's not going to work for me. And so, well, I guess this is just a great story about how the devil tempted Jesus, but the devil never tempts me in that way because I can't turn things into bread. But Jesus could. And there are things that you can do. There are things that are within your power, that are within your faculties, that you are able to do yourself and know full well 
that you shouldn't. But yet the devil comes in and he tempts you a little bit and he says, you know, maybe just this once. Maybe just this once you can use that God-given ability to serve yourself. Wouldn't that be great if you just use this God-given ability to... And we give in to temptation. And then the next temptation comes up. And that next temptation is for Jesus to give up something that is so vitally important. For Jesus to give up something that is so much a part of what he has come to this world to do. And the devil tempts him into a sin. And he brings him to Jerusalem. And he brings him there and he says that if you're the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And at that point, we see Jesus stuck between this position of his identity and what he can do with that identity. You see, he knows full well that he's the Son of God. Otherwise, he wouldn't be out here in this desert fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and being tempted by the devil. But yet the devil comes to him and he says, I know exactly who you are. And I know that God is your Father. And because of that, I'm going to tempt you with your identity. You know, if you threw yourself down from here, you'd be okay. If you threw yourself down, angels would come and they would grab you and they would lift you up and they would fly you up into the high places and drop you down. But Jesus says, that is not for me to do. I don't want to test God in Scripture. It says, you shall not test the Lord your God. And we do that. We do that too because we know that our identity is the same identity that Jesus has in this case. That we are sons and daughters of God because of our baptisms. Because we have been brought into those waters of baptism and brought out once again. That God, when He looks at us, He sees Christ. And forgives us. And yet we're tempted by Satan. Satan says, well, come on, you can do that little sin. You know you can. It's just a little sin anyway. Besides, you're going to get forgiven on Sunday. Pastor Jay's going to stand up there and he's going to say, I forgive you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Why don't you just do this one, one little sin? God won't mind. And we give in to... Temptation once again. And the third temptation, Satan brings Jesus up to this high mountaintop. And there upon this high mountaintop, he says, If you will just worship me, all of this stuff will be yours. 
If you'll just worship me, all of these things, all of these kingdoms, all of the money and the power and the wealth and the prestige that goes along with them, they'll all be yours. All you have to do is realize that, well, I'm number one. You get to be number two. Which is pretty good when you're looking across the whole wide world. And Jesus says, no. Because I am not your number two. But we're not quite that good. In fact, we begin to worship all kinds of other gods that Satan puts before us. All sorts of other things that become our representation of who God is. Our identity, our security, our meaning, those things that bring us what we most want. And the devil comes in and he says, just worship this. Just worship this car, just worship this job, just worship this person, just worship... Whatever it is. And we fall victim to that temptation. But Jesus didn't. And Jesus didn't because he knew what was at stake. Jesus didn't because he knew that you were at stake. Jesus knew that if he would sin only once... That the whole game was over. And the devil knew that too. And Jesus knew that at the point at which he would sin, that at that very instant, that the whole story of salvation would be utterly changed from that point on. Because he would no longer be perfect. He would no longer be the perfect substitute, the Lamb of God. And he didn't sin. Because he knew you were at stake. We take our liberties with sinning. And sometimes we take it without even thinking about what kind of liberties we're taking. We sin knowing that the next day or the next moment that God will forgive us. In fact, that he has already forgiven us. But Jesus never had that. Jesus had to resist the same temptations that you were tempted with every day of his life. And then after that, be nailed to a cross by those people that gave into those temptations. But he did it gladly. Because you were at stake. And he loved you that much. Amen. We now can-